Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily. The former politician and country music star who's admitted charges of money laundering more than 2.6 million euro. And a very good evening and welcome to the show. The many faces of Frank Kilbride. How a former Fine Gael councillor and titan of the Irish country music scene has landed himself in the middle of a high-profile legal case. People used to say to me, oh sure, you're a rich fan because he said, you have the park house at then, and then you have, you're on the radio every Monday night and you're getting a bloody fortune for it. Don't tell lies, Frank. Frank's colourful past has got him in trouble before, but can Longford's comeback kid make it through his biggest challenge yet? Or if I knew then what I knew, know now, would be a wiser man. And do political scandals at a local level hold any implications for the broader parties involved? If they're seen as being a positive addition to the community, your sins are nearly forgiven. I'm Denise Callanan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Liam Cosgrove, digital journalist with the Irish Independent, and Gabia Gatafakaita, political reporter at the Irish Independent, to discuss the colourful life of Frank Kilbride and the country star's fall from grace. Liam, speak to me about the charges against Frank Kilbride. He appeared in court on Tuesday, charged with three counts of money laundering amounting to 10, 1.7 and just over 860,000 euros. So the three charges have been sent forward to the circuit court and Mr. Kibride is due to appear back in January after going forward on a signed plea. He's quite a larger than life personality, Liam, and it amounts to quite an amount of money. He's well known throughout Longford. Was this a surprising turn of events for those who knew him, do you think? I think it was a shock for a lot of people locally to have seen him charged and to, I suppose, seen the values that are involved. You know, it kind of came out of the blue. And given his standing in the community and given his, his many interests over the years, it's hard to know in terms of whether it's shock, anger or sympathy at this stage. I mean, he's the sort of fella that you'd be hard not to warm to him. He has that sort of persona. Yeah, the amount that is involved, Liam, it's amounting to over 2.6 million euro. Do we know any finer details on the case at the moment? Well, at this stage, Denise, obviously it's, that will, it will play out in the circuit court when it comes to that level. And it's, it's three charges that date back six to seven years now at this stage. He's gone forward on a signed plea at the earliest opportunity. As far as I'm aware, that you know, he's, he's very much cooperating with the Garda investigation. I think there's, there's many strands to this investigation. Um, it obviously dates back a number of years, so there's been a lot of groundwork that's been put into it. I think that's why I think the DPP have consented to the matter going before the circuit court at such an early juncture, because ordinarily speaking, 
when books of evidence are supposed to serve on individuals in the in the district court in Longford anyway, it could take possibly up to two years in and around that, given the backlog of cases. Liam, you're based in Longford yourself. You're originally from the Longford Cavan border. You've been following Mr Kilbride and his business interests throughout your journalistic career so far. Can you let us know what would some of his business interests be? He's a North Longford native. He was actually a talented footballer uh, growing up. He developed an entrepreneurial appetite, I think, at a quite a young age. And then he became involved in, in music soon after that. As a singer in his own right, he performed with a couple of local bands. He built up a lot of contacts over in London as well. He met a, uh, his business partner, Matty Lennon, a good friend who later would go on to become heavily involved in the Park House Hotel in, in Edristown. The two would, would go on to run together. He's also been a postmaster for, I think, over two decades, an undertaker, uh, as I say, a hotelier, a county councillor, and obviously a TV personality and a, and a radio DJ as well. Today, will you say to Gareth Brooks, that you would crawl, walk or drive to meet Gareth Brooks that if he said he'd do five concerts in Ireland next year, would you back him? I have no control over, over Gareth Brooks or over the uh, planning applications that are relevant to those things. A man of many talents, Liam. Definitely, he loves sort of being surrounded by people and when he was in the park house, he would hold a number of sort of functions and those sort of nights would actually attract huge crowds. You could be talking maybe three or four hundred people You'd also have some some big name personalities that would actually would have come to Edgerstown in that time. Um, I'm just trying to think of a few like Niall Quinn being one and Pat Jennings, two of whom were actually at his recent uh, celebration night there in the Longford Arms Hotel in, in August. Just to remind you, my wages for doing, you know, for doing this great show of country and Irish music, which I love doing anyway. I'm playing a request for you all and all of that. So my my wages, so I drive from Edgerstown to Roscommon and then I'd spend most of the night there. So Joe, every week, he would put five pounds. Now that's your petrol money, Frank, and that's your drink money. So I- and on top of that, Liam, Frank has had an interesting political journey Talk to me about some of his political runs throughout the years. It was 1999 he first entered local political spectrum and he got in the region of 660 or 670 first preference votes around then. He ended up actually topping the poll in Granite. He tried to run at a national level as well, didn't he, Liam? He has tried to run at national level. He he ran for the Shannon in 2007 uh, unsuccessfully in the end. He also spent two terms as Longford's first citizen county mayor. He also went to run for the, for the Dáil on two occasions, the last being in 2020. But on both occasions, he didn't actually formally enter the race. He did signal his intention to run, but uh, in the end, didn't, didn't pursue that. He's had a run of bad luck as well, though, Liam. Like a few incidents are coming to mind here. He did lose quite a lot of money in the early 2000s um, during the Celtic Tiger. Can you tell us a little bit about that? He did venture into the, the building industry, but unfortunately, things didn't go didn't go his way. He went into a project then outside Drumlish with his his former, I suppose, protege. That didn't end well. He ended up in serious debt over that, I think owing in the region three million to the banks. And it was a big setback for him. And he lost a friend as well in the meantime, didn't he? He did. It was a falling out between the two of them. 
you know, it ended acrimoniously, which was unfortunate. I know definitely in Frank's case anyway, it didn't end well and it left Frank with a huge debt hanging over him. To a lot of people, it would have probably finished them. You wouldn't have seen head nor light them again. But he sort of resurrected himself and he came back. And I suppose that's what earned him the, the moniker, the comeback kid. He came back and he, he made a go of things again and tried to set things up in terms of becoming a sort of a, a figure in the local entertainment sector and setting up the Frank Bride show, as I say, which became a successful production. Hi, folks. Don't forget to join us this week on the Frank Kilbride Show. We have great music lined up for you from John Hogan, Max T. Barnes, T.R. Dallas, and many more greats. Don't forget to join us. Liam, there's another incident that comes to mind. Uh, Frank had a brush with the law back in 2007. A car chase and the quote, do you know who I am, come to mind. Can you tell us a little bit about it, please? That's right, Denise. It happened late 2007. It followed a, a road traffic accident that Frank himself was involved in. I think his car left the road. He was charged then with failing to give a blood or urine sample following that incident. And during the course of it, he allegedly told Gardy, do you know who I am, when he was approached. I think the case in relation to the, the failing to comply, that was ultimately dismissed because of a, a technical area in the charges wording. So it ended up being a, a conviction for careless driving in the end. So he, he has had interactions with Gardy in the past, but it was something that, that local people do remember. Frank has certainly had a colourful history, Liam, and you yourself said that he has this moniker of the comeback kid. Do you think there'll be a comeback from this recent charge, however? It's hard to know at this stage, given the fact that what's coming down the line in January. He's the sort of figure that over the years, he's had so many ups and downs, peaks and troughs in his career. Hi, folks. This week, we're going to feature the great uh, funny man, Brendan Grace. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah, Brendan. Oh, yes, we're going to feature Brendan Grace, where we met up with him in Ferrick's Hotel in Raton in County Westmead. Stay tuned with us. He just keeps coming back. He just doesn't know when he's when he's beaten, when he's down. You know, he, he's recovered from cancer as well uh, recently. And he's the sort of figure that well, a lot of people might, might be writing him off and saying he's finished, but you just can't write him off. And there could be a book about him yet, Liam, I'd say. There could be a book. It would definitely sell. Whether it's a bestseller or not is another, another matter, but it would definitely sell. We would definitely wouldn't be short on material. Get yourself over to the stage, young man. 14-year-old healing there and in the meantime may the good lord take a like of here but not too soon don't forget me little darling while i'm growing old and gray. gabby although councillors are often out of the spotlight politically it doesn't really mean they're exempt from scandals as such no it doesn't and i think it's actually what the councillors and perhaps not as prominent politicians who may be representing their people locally and not necessarily TVs or even senators. It's what they get up to that sometimes may cause a bit of a ruckus for the party. So just to even give a very recent example, there was a Fianna Fáil councillor who made comments in Limerick about the riots in Dublin. And, he, you know, he sort of seemed to suggest that the rioters should be should be shot in the head. That caused a lot of outrage on social media and so on. And it saw 
Fianna Fáil ministers in Dublin haven't answered questions. What did he mean by that? I spoke to him and he told me he was actually talking about the attacker of the three children that were that were stabbed in Parnell Square. But there's many other examples of where something happens very locally and then suddenly before you know it, it's a big political issue and a, and a headache for the party. So for example, Joe Queenan, he was a Fianna Fáil councillor and he resigned following the airing of an RT Investigates documentary back in 2015. In the documentary, he was filmed off Offering to act as an intermediary for a wind farm company in return for an investment in a business that he was planning. What would you need from us? Uh, no, not really. At the moment, I'm not, I'm not here for, for, no. for, for asking for money like that. I'm not, okay. I'm not, I'm not really. I, I wouldn't go down. I couldn't, if okay. I was caught, if I was actually seen doing this, yeah. I'd be I out in the years that way, right? Yeah, I understand. Or maybe down the road. I said, I'm in business myself, mm-hmm. and I have some business projects coming up. He might be in some of your, your own clients. Fianna Fáil accepted his resignation and then after the broadcast he went on the radio and he said he was speaking about a hypothetical situation and he said the filming was a sting. It's not as often that we see those allegations anymore really or we see them on a much smaller scale but certainly it's a political weapon for other parties to use that word against them but I just think it's a good example of how something that may involve a councillor you know maybe seen as a relatively small issue, it can become a very national issue very quickly. And do these scandals on a local government level, Gabby, do they have implications for the overall party? Do you think that Frank Kilbride's three charges of money laundering will become a national issue for Fine Gael? There's been a couple of instances that have been on a similar level, but it certainly will give ammunition for the opposition you know, Jonathan Dowdall was a Dublin city councillor for Sinn Féin years ago and his involvement in the Regency trial really put Sinn Féin, even though he was a councillor not for very long, many years ago uh, for Sinn Féin, it really left a, a negative mark on the party in recent months. And especially he was um, quite close to Mary Lou Macdonald. You know, he would have been very much so in, in, in her local area of Dublin. And she she knew him at the time, but the revelations of his of his criminality have really shown a negative light on Sinn Fein. And in turn, just like Sinn Fein will use those cases of against Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael that we're speaking about now, you know, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil are going to use Dowdall against Sinn Fein. This is a party whose leader has actually taken donations from a convicted gangland criminal. Okay, so you're, you're uh, speaking with Jonathan Dowdall there. So, he wasn't convicted at the time, but I do want to ask you, Louise O'Reilly, in relation to that, because Mary Lou MacDonald was asked about this on News Talk in, in November, whether or not she, or she, it was put to her actually. She talked about it in the House today and didn't answer. It, it, Gabby, do you think in this case now of Frank Kilbride and the three charges against him, and we're speaking about it on this podcast, but do you think the local perception of him will change? Well, interestingly enough, you you might think that, but actually what happens on the ground very locally is not what you'd expect. If you look at the case of Michael Lowry TD, he was a Fine Gael TD, also had his own cases and and, and I'm sure many would accuse him of, of, of corruption in previous dealings that he was involved with. Ben Dunn, that businessman, he built an extension on his on his house. This time last evening, Michael Lowry said he wouldn't be bounced into a decision. But tonight, after meeting the Taoiseach at government buildings for around an hour, he announced his resignation. Ben Dunn, of course, died recently. But actually, Michael Lowry, he left Fine Gael and he has gone on to become an independent TD. And he stood for Tipperary 
and they like him very much down there because they see him as somebody who gets you know, work done for them locally. Interestingly enough, the public may turn against you on a nationwide level and your party might turn against you. Your local people actually might not at all and they might stand by you and they might think that you, you know, have been a positive addition to the community and you may keep your seat. Because it is very difficult, Gabby, to think of challenging these people when you're in a local community and there's somebody there with access to national level of government who is getting the, the work done for you. It is difficult to turn your back on that person. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's definitely a part of it, especially in, in rural areas. They look at Dublin and they think, sure, what do the ministers up in Dublin know? What happens in Dublin makes no odds to me. You know, this politician was able to get that road bill that we've needed for so long or they were able to get potholes filled or you know if if they're seen as being a positive addition to the community your sins are nearly forgiven and my thanks to Gabby and earlier Liam I'm Denise Callanan and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Ian Doyle researched by Adriana Rona with sound by Gavin Hennessy archive clips from the Frank Kilbride show Spotify Radio Mostrum RTE and Virgin Media If you've been affected by this podcast, you can find a list of helplines by searching someone to talk to at our website, independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. 